Stand Up with Pete Dominic. With Pete Dominic. On Indy, Sirius XM 104. I'm very excited to have our next guest uh, joining me in studio. Uh, he's been on my show a number of times, almost ruining my career one point when he broke in the hotel door and took <laughs> a, my microphone literally off my head and said racist things. Sorry uh, for giving you a gig. Uh, he is a veteran stand-up comedian, one of the original cast members of Mad TV. He's in uh, the film Dirty Work mm-hmm. and the television program The Norm Show. In 2001, he formally replaced Jackie Marlene on The Howard Stern Show, and he wrote and produced and starred in his own film, Artie Lang's Beer League, in 2006. His 2008 book, Too Fat to Fish, debuted at number one on the New York Times bestseller list. And in 2010, he left The Howard Stern Show, and after a suicide attempt, he's uh, back now hosting the syndicated Artie Lang Show on Radio and Direct TV, which airs at 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., and his new book, Crash and Burn, is out, which is why he's on my show. Uh, he's my uh, good old friend, Artie Lang. What's uh, up, Pete? Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, can, you, can you read that again with a little more enthusiasm? Well, I... I that I was very bland. Alfred wrote the very long I intro. I knew you were going to say that because he started making fun. Not, of it, I was nice. Alfred wrote it. And now, and now, <laughs> oh, I, thanks, and, and he's nice now. he's uh, in here. We're doing this this interview. Sit down. It's not live. It's a pre-tape, but it's weird because you're here yeah. and and you know everybody here. And what I wanted to ask you first, like I'm worried about. I always put. I've always put my friendship with you, my and, and caring about you before all this shit. You have. And, yeah, I told your mom and sister. You could have told me that. And you know that. And uh, my concern is that when you do all these interviews, reliving your book, yeah, doesn't that isn't that unhealthy? I mean, yeah, I have to do them to promote the book, but yeah, that's the problem. I, I what happened was Too Fat to Fish was so successful that they they immediately gave me another deal, and my agent got me eight hundred grand up front. And the first payment was $200,000 I got, like, immediately. And then uh, I tried to kill myself and everything, and I went away for a year and a half. And then at the end of the year and a half, I called my agent up. I said, hey, I feel better. He goes, that's great, but listen, if you don't write a book, you got to give back that two hundred k. And I had spent it, you know, I was gone. So I was like, wow, I guess I'll write a book. And they said, well, they want you to write about this last few years. And I said, well, maybe that'll be like therapeutic or something. So, Well, I can see writing about it being important to you, no doubt. But when you go back and keep talking about it for all these interviews in the I book, and then I'm worried about you coming in here today. Well, no, but that's what the book business is. It's not about what you write. They don't care. It's can you promote it? I mean, you know, I'm not some great writer. I was on the Stern Show, so they said write a book and you'll you'll be able to sell it. Uh, and they know now I could still probably sell books here. And I mean, it's on the bestsellers list. They know, you know, I'll be like a puppet. I don't care for the cash. But th- this this schedule they have me on is extraordinary. But wh- I've never, and I've been on a lot of tours before, I've never done anything that's crazy. It's to promote not, the book. Yeah, the schedule. Is nuts. But I've been in here uh, since I left out. Uh, well, it, how do you feel about coming back here? How do you feel about talking about the book? Has has all of talking about the book and reliving everything that, you know, and everybody everybody's interviewing you wants to ask you all the questions about the, the, the most difficult parts of it. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, I don't know if I want to do that. With Artie. Oh, that's nice. I mean, I'll do. I'll listen. I wrote about it, and I'll I'll talk about whatever. I don't. I don't. Well, care. for me, it's easier too because I can just talk about uh, our our relation. Like I can talk about being on the road. I didn't even. I should have just had the intro being. I opened for this guy for three years. I must say that uh, you you are uh, honestly one of the nicest guys I've met, and just in general, not just in the business. You are very. Uh, uh, you know, I met your old man. I get you come from the same kind of family I do. You know. Uh, and uh, I appreciate that. I do. I always had fun working. Well, we laughed like crazy, you know, me, you, and 
Joe and everything. And you know, I miss those days. Why can't you do that now? You don't want to open? No, one? I want to. I do want to do it. I'll do it for one hundred and fifty dollars no, now. Okay, Shit! Yeah. Come on, you're No, I, I said. Do I, you think I am a magician? I. <laughs> hey, easy on my. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm living a dream right now, uh, but. I, there's a couple things that I've been wanting to ask you for a long time about things that we were doing, and I've and I I, I think that the hardest part about why it's hard to be your friend and having people ask about you, but like how's Artie? I'm like I always thought he was fine when he wasn't fine. Um, uh, and you write about one time when we were on stage, you know, and uh, you mentioned uh, after Pete Dominic bombed in the book. I appreciate <laughs> Is that. What I said? No, no, you didn't. You said nice things. You said you didn't worry about. It was at the Beacon. It was the story about Bro, being the at the Beacon, Beacon Theater. And, yeah. And Nick DiPaolo and I and Joe Mattarese opened, and you didn't care that you were half in the bag because apparently we we did we were good comics. So you, you sure people got their well, money worth. People but, always say to me, why do you have those guys open uh, because it's hard to follow them because they're good. I'm like, I look at it the other way. In case I suck, people walk away, they right. got a great show. You know? So there was this cool thing when I would open for you. Every time I would the way it would go out, I would, I would introduce you. Lights would come down. Uh, uh, the Who would come on. <laughs> and I'd come back, and we'd sit there with the lights off off stage, and we would, you would bust my balls. You'd say how terrible I was. And then the last thing you would say would be, I'm going to go put your kids through college. And I always loved that because technically it was true. Uh, but, but we were in Vegas and you didn't say it and you went out and you, you, your eyes were closed and you were doing your act. Uh, 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 just before you went out on stage though, you fell back into me. Was that the hard rock? I forget. It was okay. in Vegas. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Super and you Bowl fell weekend. back into me. I did. Oh, and wow. I had and I and I like propped you back up and pushed you out, which was literally me <laughs> oh, enabling you. God. And I remember like but that was the only thing I ever remember. I mean, yeah. I can I wasn't with you in every gig, but I can I can throw at different times you're together and wonder how you were doing. Uh, and I never well, know now. I, the thing with opiates, especially heroin, if you have a constant way to get them, People won't notice because you'll always be fine. As a matter of fact, you'll be more than fine. You'll be happy as hell to be alive and everything because you're always high. It's when you don't have them and you start the withdrawals and, and you get afraid of the withdrawals. That's the worst fear ever that you um, start to no show at places and do a really bad job and uh, and people start going, wow, he looks terrible and um even worse than usual. And and that's when it becomes a living hell. But if you can somehow, you know, like Keith Richards, just he had a constant source for heroin. So he's lived for 50 years on it, you know. It's when you run out of it. And the other key is not the OD on it. That's when it's bad. But if you can put just the right amount in you, everything's great. So for a while I was doing that. I could never understand why when, when my wife and I uh, went to your house and, and Adrian was there, it was the day she got stung by the jellyfish. The Shore House. The Shore House. Yeah. And Joe Matteris was there and his wife. And we were having a great time. Yeah. And we, it was like manic, though. It was a manic day where we were out having a great time throwing the ball, busting manic. balls. And yeah. then you went away yeah. for like three hours during the day. <laughs> you were just gone. Right. And, and like, what, what was what what like what were you doing in those times? Was that was that drugs? Was depression? What was no, that? No, it was it was getting high. It was it was you know the, the you know after a day you know you, you get up and you get high you get you, you get a fix and then at some point during the day you need another one and that's what I would do and uh, I would get very lazy after I I took a hit. Man, I got like it's not too hot talks from Sixth Avenue, but uh, I I, uh, I I would get uh, high and I, I wouldn't want to go right back into a conversation with people. I'd like to just sit there and watch 
Sports Center, and you know, I would I would take my time, and everybody go, "Where were you?" And I make up something, and people enable me because you know, on some not you guys weren't like that, but on a lot of levels, I was a guy making people money, and you know, people tolerated it, but. Uh, you know, I never, it's funny, that's such rude behavior, I never thought twice about it, you know. And Adrian would cry about it afterwards, but, you know, I, I would explain to her that I was older and smarter. You miss me urinating on her stingray, uh, <laughs> on her jellyfish. That's fantastic. Uh, and then again, one time when there was no jellyfish involved at all. But, uh, so, let me ask you this, you know, I don't even want, the, the book is amazing, everybody's got to go get it, crash and burn, whether or not you, you like Artie, I mean, uh, or you know, his work, a lot of it has to do with addiction, depression. Mm -hmm. And in the end, you write about that. You know, yeah, you wrote the book to make money. You're very honest, as you always are. Uh, but do you think this helps people? No, I did that. I mean, yeah, the number one reason is for money. But the number, a close second with this is I do hope somebody reads this if they're considering you know, going deeper into dope or even trying it. That, I mean, look at what happened to me. And I had the, on paper, I had the greatest life on the planet, and it just destroyed it. It literally just like, like with a, a, a sledgehammer, just it just destroyed my life brick by brick. It was so hard for us, the comedians who were on the road with you, because we're all jealous of what you were doing. With your career. Is that true? Yeah, because one, I'll never forget one time I got so mad at you. I got lucky. I got on Stern and I was able to headline. You know, yeah, but you're one of those guys who, who doesn't have to. You're, you're so funny t in, in, a, in, a, in such a natural way that it's like a tell, too. Right. Like you just you can just be always be there and be funny. It doesn't matter. Uh, and But I remember one day you're like, oh, I don't want to go to Cleveland. I'm like, dude, you're making $60,000. <laughs> you're flying first class. Uh, that's And you're selling that and you're, you're, you're working for an hour in front of people who worship you. Mm -hmm. Where I'm flying economy making 1500 bucks on my own gigs. I'm headlining the club at half the audience. Most of them doesn't know who I am. Yeah. And it's like miserable because I'm in some some. Well, City. I mean, I and did so that we would for a look while, at that. too. You know. Yeah, you did, but we would look at that once you, you – I'm not saying that you didn't do all those shitty gigs that we did. I'm saying once you were doing that, for me it felt like – for us, but I'm just speaking for myself, I was like, man, he's got – what can he possibly be upset about? But it's what's, not about – What's your problem? No, right. It's not about that at all. Because that's – and that's my reaction to what you're yeah. saying. On paper, it looks like – yeah, it did. On paper, that's what it looked like to yeah. us. But in reality, you, you have these demons. Yeah. And I would have had them if I stayed loading trucks for a living. It, it would have been there. Right. You know. I don't know. I just have this need to, 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 to lose. I just have this incredible need to uh, always keep, like, the adrenaline going somehow. And I need, you know – artificial stimulants to do it. I, I just always, like the high you get from coming off stage. You get, you know, we played 3,000, 4,000 seaters. 6,000 at Universal. Right, there you go. You get a standing California. ovation from that. Yeah. You get a standing ovation and what are you going to do? Have a nice, uh, some smart water and go to bed? I mean, I, <laughs> I, uh, no, I needed, no, I needed uppers, that. downers, and uh, the best part of my life was the hour I was on stage. That, it, was, I mean, it was the best part. And that was the part that felt like the least amount of work. Too. The most fun I ever had in my career was being on the road with you and, and, and Joe and Nick and doing some of these gigs because it was all first class everything. And yeah. you you treated all of us better than you treat yourself, obviously. And so it was awesome. But we just busted balls and <laughs> we laughed so hard. It was and I, and it was so it we hated it. 
on the nights when you went to bed. Right. When after the gig you just disappeared, like oh shit, Artie's not going to hang out. Part of us felt like, well, good, then we can. Then if we want to hang out and drink or have a good time, we yeah. have to worry about him. But at the same time, it's not like you ever told us we couldn't. It sucked when you weren't there, right. hanging out. We would hate that. Well, that's nice we were... to say. I, I never, you know, I never realized that. Yeah, I call that the the Irish goodbye when you just you just disappear. Uh, I don't, again, it was a need to isolate. Like cocaine, I, I cocaine made my life chaos in the nineties, and I somehow got that out of my life. But that was a very coke's a social drug. Mm-hmm. Ecstasy, like those are social drugs. You want to be around people. Heroin's way different. Heroin, you want to. Be alone. You want to isolate yourself. You want to put on, uh, you know, uh, exile on Main Street and just fucking lay back. And what's that, uh, Alfred? Uh, it's it's a, Rolling Stones. Album. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you never you. heard of that? Nineteen seventy. I don't want to. Yeah. Continue. Already. I apologize. <laughs> They're a British band. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. and Blues. Mick Jagger. They're the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single Keith person Bridges. that walks past us in the studio right now uh, is so happy to see Artie, and Artie has to wave. And half of them <laughs> probably has no idea, but everybody knows. Everybody at SiriusXM knows Artie Lang. Yeah. So it's funny to. Uh, so this, this was my neighborhood for a while. Not yet. So I, I, uh, I, I just, it, I just had the need to be by myself. I can't. I don't know what to tell you. That's what. That's what heroin was. Yes. Yes. And then if you got abroad with you, my God, this is the greatest thing. When I feel like you once told me, you were asked, I think, in an interview, or you told us the difference between. Or the similarities between stand-up comedy and heroin. Yeah. Which one is more addictive? Which one do you need more? <laughs> and I felt like you had said stand-up. There's nothing like stand-up, and yeah. that you, you know, you never want to stop that. Yeah, uh, any, and that's the one I can relate. Any to. asshole could do heroin. You know, stand-up's a special thing to know how to do. It's great. It's you know, you can instantly look kind of cool. You know, uh, you go on, you go to a club in Manhattan, you get on stage, and, you know, packed house, and you could kill. Killing is. I mean, it, there's nothing better, nothing lonelier than bombing, but nothing. There's no gray area. Nothing better. A killing at a club, and you realize all these people are on the the edge of the seat waiting for you to say something. Uh, as bad, yeah. If you get abroad to see that, that's like instant pussy. And then if they see you bomb, they'll never talk to you again. It really is no gray area. I but actually, that's, but that's actually, a risk. That's did a you risk. Ever have you take that happen? I lo- oh god! Did, yeah. I had a girl. Oh, I, have sex- I had my buddies' dates refuse to talk, fuck them. Cause I was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me, actually. My wife, after uh, going to your short house. Because it uh, is embarrassing when you see somebody. Bump. Oh, it's awful. It's the worst. Norm MacDonald has the best analogy of that. He goes, I, he would say, I love when people don't laugh because they're doing the. <laughs> It's the direct opposite thing than what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> you know, they're not laughing. They're not laughing. You're you're ruining their night, literally. Uh, the the times that we had just hanging out, whether it be at your house or or on the road, like those are some of my favorite times. I feel like we, you know, certainly there there were some of us that were, and there were some of us that were not. I don't want to name names who weren't, but that were positive influences on you, right? And wanted the best for you and weren't using you. Uh, God, and, did you write them down? Uh, yeah, I will, but. <laughs> Like, are you surrounding your? Are you now surrounding yourself with as much as you can with, with that type of people and those types of things? I've cut out the cancers, which is why we haven't seen each other. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, no, things, I, I know. I, I tried, tried did, to. Yeah, I tried to. Yeah. You would give money to the cancers. You gave so, how much money do you think you gave away to people? Just <laughs> gave away to to bat. In my opinion, we hated those people. Me well, and your family. And people think I was being nice to them, and the the, the direct opposite is true. When a person I hated would start a conversation with me, 
I would give the money to stop talking to me. I have a lot of money for it, that reason. But it's almost like I would go, here's, like, here's, here's a grand. Oh, you're being so nice. And when I'm really going to know in my head, I'm going, no, this is to pay you to get the Is that why away. you gave me a briefcase Never of $50,000 one day in a conversation? <laughs> and I thought that would cover the car? I thought that would cover like two weeks. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, there's a lot. But, uh, but there's, No, there's a contempt and a hatred there. It's me being a bad person, not a good person. But weren't they asking you for the money, and that's why you gave it to them? Yeah, and I would overpay. I would say, listen, you want a grand? Take two. Why don't you take two? Because I got a feeling I'll be back tomorrow for another grand. How, how much money do you think you gave away oh, in that way? I, I tried to do the math once in group, our group therapy. That was one of our projects. So figured how much money we threw away on shit. Uh, and uh, if you count just giving away money to assholes, uh, gambling losses, and dope, and whores, and women that might as well have been whores. I mean, I, I, I'm probably down 1.3 mil, I'd say, cash. Solid cash. $1.3 million, I'd say. That's what I gave away. And that's gambling, too. I mean, losing... Uh, I made a Super Bowl League. Were you with me on 08 at Mandalay Bay Super Bowl League? Did you come to that? I think so. Yeah, I made $140,000 that night. And I went home. I just about broke even. That's Gambling. The, that's depressing, yeah. Right now in your life, one hundred forty thousand. I lost eighty at the tables, uh, ten on the game. Ten went to a hooker. One hooker, ten thousand, and which is the way to do it. I'll explain it off the air. And uh, you don't spread around money. You get one fucking chick that looks like a young Carmen Electra, and they're they're here. They're here. <laughs> uh, the book, by the way, is Crash Your Paying Them Not to Throw Up. We're talking to Artie Lang, and uh, but now you're engaged to one uh, uh, young lady who yeah. you've been on and off with. Um, that's exciting. You've got a you've got a radio show every night. Uh, that's really radio, exciting. TV show. I got the book stand up. I'm shooting another stand up special in April. Uh, I'm available. And uh, well, you you were on my last one. So uh, I was. I and, uh, but I'm calling it Depression Without Genius. That's the name. <laughs> uh, and uh, I I uh, how my, it, my but, girlfriend is now my fiance has been. She literally saved my life. Yeah, she did. I, I like she just stuck stuck by me through the craziest shit, and it's not about money. She was she was dating a, like some like a sultan or something for a little while. Yeah, she could. She's she's yeah, one of the. She could the, pull it in. Yeah, yeah. That, but but no. So the, the it's not that's not what it's about, and You're, it's not about me getting her good seats at the comic strip either. You know, it's like it's 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 love. It took me a while to figure that out. You know? And. But but right now I, I wonder if you have like do you have any kind of so yet the circle on paper things look great. What about for you? And it's going to sound really warm and fuzzy, but like, is there any kind of like meaning, purpose, spirituality, anything that you can get to when I got to tell you're you, challenged? Man, I, I'm still searching for that. All right. Well, Christ uh, is the answer. <laughs> is it? It might be. That's how I was brought up. I don't no, know. No, it's not. Well, whatever is, you know, to be honest with me, as far as I'm concerned, whatever is the answer, whatever keeps people, you know, right. happy. But I mean, for. for well, I, no, maybe it's Christ. Maybe they like, say in rehab. It could be Christ. It could be a vacuum cleaner. But what about, know. what about like some idea of, and I'm not trying to give you ideas, but the idea of like you going out and speaking and talking to people, oh, your fans. Oh, oh. and I mean, Well, that's what I use stand up for. I mean. It's 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 funny. It's punchlines, but it's cathartic to talk about it. It really is. Like I thought, this this new act, I talk about everything. Uh, counselors I had in rehab and mental playing Scrabble in the nut house and uh, people I was in there with and what my thought process was when I was suicidal uh, 
and it somehow gets laughs. That's very therapeutic. To know I could turn that into laughs is good. How often are you uh, struggling uh, with temptation? Every day. Oh, God, every day. How many times have you relapsed? Twice in a year and a half. It's, so it's been like 12 weeks now since I was over. 12 weeks. But a doctor, I had really bad back pain. A doctor didn't really know me. Uh, gave me 10 Vicodin. And, uh, I have a strange feeling you went to a doctor who didn't really know you on well, purpose. Exactly, right. In Asia. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, are you, when are you getting back from Kenya, doctor? Uh, can <laughs> you doctor fact, was a big Imus fan. Can you so fax it? Yeah, right. Uh, I, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, so I, it's I every, took the 10 Vicodin in an hour. But I did, and I drank, but I didn't like go on a bender, which is great. I got one right to a meeting and I got back. But that's, you know, falling off the wagon. Another time I was in Paris. I went to, I was in jail in Paris for public. Yeah, document. I never knew about that until I heard, I saw one of your interviews. Well, there's something uh, we, we keep from you in the family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How, is it Pete Dominic never knows about this? Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> is it hour to hour, day to day, week to week, minute to minute? Sure. You're thinking about it all the time. Absolutely. If, what I mean, do you think I don't, about? I'm not, I'm not saying do it, but if you ever were high on heroin, you know what I'm talking about. You think about heroin only? Yeah. Is that hard to get? Uh, <laughs> uh, not as hard as you might think. But if you have money, very easy, very easy. Is it weird? Quality stuff is hard to get. Is it strange for you being so recognizable yes. uh, to ask? Absolutely. Is that part of what makes it hard for you to relapse, for you to do it, that you have to go through the... Uh... Well, I've had dealers show up with books for me to sign. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a surreal... People you, you know that you used to buy heroin surreal from. Surreal experience. Yeah, well, well, when they brought it to me, they would have the book. Is is that... Is that um, do you resent those people who knew that you were struggling, who they're are still bu- selling you? They're businessmen. Really? You feel yeah. that way? They're trying to, you know, they're, they're like, you know. You don't well, think there's anything wrong with Bernie Madoff was doing. They're not worse than Wall Street guys. I mean, at least they're out front about it. Like, you know, uh, it's a little odd to realize you're sending a dealer's kid to the choat school. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, ho- hopefully, uh, you know funny hopefully that, little Raul will turn out to be something. Uh, it's, a dentist, I maybe. I don't mean to disrespect you, but one of the, my favorite things about your humor is being surprised by some of your references. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Artie Lang grew up in Jersey, worked as a long shrine. You don't think he's referencing Choate uh, very often, but somehow he knows about Choate. Yeah. Uh, what are your plans for the next uh, for the next couple of years? I mean, what do you you keep doing what you're doing? You love and doing the radio show well, at I'm night? In the, I'm in the third year of a three-year deal. Yeah. And, How's it going? Uh, they seem to be happy with it. It's a fun job to do. It's just a grind. It's five nights a week, three hours a night. Uh, I'm taping a stand-up special in April. That's going to come out sometime next year. Uh, the last one was a Comedy Central. This is for New Wave. Of, it might be for Comedy Central again because I had a good experience there last time. And the, uh, the, uh, and the book, uh, I have a third book deal. And I'm done doing research for these books. I told them, I said, this one's going to be a lighthearted romp or something. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be busy, you know, uh, stand up, you know, you constantly write stand up, you try to do it. Uh, I do a lot of your stuff. I, that's fine. I was so me. hoping you would die because like, he's got so much stuff that I think he would be fine with me using. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't care. Uh, but when, when you, what, what about your relationship with Howard? Uh, some guy called yesterday. Are you able to listen to the Howard story? I show? do whenever I can, but I, I, sometimes it's a little rough cause they're having so much fun and I wish I was there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, someone tweeted me that he mentioned me. Whenever he mentioned me, forget about it. I get like two thousand calls. Or, yeah, know. is it? 
is it tough to? It's to, a good relationship. He, he's he's just he doesn't want me. What going do you in think there. he he thinks? He doesn't want me going in there. He told me this, you know, and and I can't blame him. The guy's right, you know. Why? That's where I went nuts, and he thinks that he, God forbid something he says, a caller says, could trigger something. What I did was so severe. You know, and I can't believe people have a hard time realizing this. What I did was so severe that he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. They're not professionals. And they, they just had to let it run its course. And he's like, I'm happy. He's always like, I'm happy as hell for you, that you're okay. But, you know, they're basically like, you're not coming in here because nothing's more important than you staying healthy. How could you argue with that? When I got to know you and it became a lot more than just you, you paying me to open for you, I started thinking about, you know, if I was ever enabling you or what was enabling you. And I thought about yeah. you a disproportionate uh, amount of time. And I, uh, I know you don't think that, but, but I, what I would think was, this doesn't have anything to do with me, was that your audience is who I got to know so well. You're, you're the reason I got into radio. I saw the power of how much they loved you. I was like, if I can get one one hundredth of that, Radio that'd be great. fans are extraordinary. I've but, done but, everything. But, but that's, be, they're, that's they're for a specific intimate. reason, because you shared your pain and your struggle and that entertained people and it also made them feel good about their pain their struggle right. hearing yours and i always wondered it, i always thought you being on howard was unhealthy because it, it made you want to perpetuate that that lifestyle to entertain people and if you ever got better did you think oh well, the, uh, i won't be as entertaining see, that's not, i resent and resist all that because uh, the first six years I was there, it had nothing to do with getting high. We were just having fun. I was telling stories. I was doing characters. I was doing impressions. Uh, the heroin came in the last year and a half, and then the show became that because the show evolves. And uh, uh, Howard did everything right. I don't blame anybody else for my crap. Uh, not you, not anybody, not my father falling. It's all bullshit. I made a choice to get high and stay high for a long time, and it's my fucking fault. It is. I mean, I appreciate what you're saying, but it just is. Of course, there's people who are enablers, uh, but I'm strong enough to to, to turn a, hmm. turn away from that. I just am, you know. I, mean, That's I that, wanted to get high. That definitely sounds like uh, an improvement in, in, in the way you're thinking, because I don't think you used to be that positive about it. Or that... Uh, well, I don't know if that's positive or negative. It it's is positive, truth. because you're taking responsibility. Yeah, but I don't love doing that. <laughs> well, exactly. Nobody does. <laughs> I don't like. Believe me, I'm an expert. I don't like responsibility. I don't like preparation. I don't like anything. Like you know, like that's why I was banned in school. When I don't know, I was going to ask you. I'm so uh, I'm so uh, part. This is a hard interview for me because it I'm is? just so yeah. Because you look I'm just, very relaxed. Well, I'm just excited to see you. Well, you are. And I didn't need to like prepare for this. I mean, I read the book as much as I could, but like I was just like. I just want to see how he's doing, and I think part of me well, wanted you, to... You probably got to get ready for another interview, right? No. No? All right. I'm done. You do. You have like 19 more interviews to do you know, for this book. You're not prepping for your Joel McHale interview? <laughs> At least we can get Joel McHale. We can get Joel McHale now. Yeah. Senator John Huntsman. He's not even a senator. All right. Um, I, 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 I guess I just... What's the matter? I don't know. I, I... Are you upset that... Uh... That you were there to see this happening to me? No, I'm happy I was there because I, I think, yeah, I think I was, according to your mom, and I, I wanted to be careful about what I talked about with my conversations with your mom and your sister. Yeah, they love you. They would say that you, we want you there all the time because you're the most positive No, they guy. do love They love and you. And I ended up, I had a, you know, I think your mom realized, they definitely realized that there were a lot of guys that were leeches. And um, Here's the thing, I knew that too, but I, I was fine with it. I but I, but I, um, I guess uh, I don't know. I just I, I, so I wanted badly... them there because I wanted the drugs. You know, 
But I mean, I mean like comics that just wanted to do the just oh, take your money. Well, what are you That's what I mean. That that happens. But I but I uh, I don't know. I just want so badly for you to be happy. I'm I'm as happy as I've been since I played fucking little league. I swear to God, that I am. You know. Why don't we then just go play little league right now? Uh-huh. This me. me, you, and a bunch of kids. Believe me, I wish I could. Just me, you, and a bunch of little boys, me little hairless Sandus- little boys. Me, you and Sandusky. A wiffle ball bat, a speedo, <laughs> and just living our dreams. We don't need the bat, just boys. And yeah, just boys. We don't even need baseball. Just a bunch of boys. Then you have a soccer game. That's what you have. Something <laughs> <laughs> pisses me off. Uh, well, you probably love that because you're very European, right? Uh, well, I played soccer, as you know. I had a full ride to. Uh, you the did. University of Phoenix. Your online. mother drove you there. Uh, it was an online school. Uh, congratulations <laughs> on the book, The Crash and Burn. I am Artie happy, Lang. man. I appreciate it. My wife, my wife is a writer. Goes, Artie's funny and everything, but I don't think he can write. Uh, She's pissed. Uh, she didn't like it. She misses you. She, is your wife a writer? Yeah, now she is. Oh, what a pain in the ass. <laughs> Uh, my dad says hello. My family yeah, says I love, hello. I love and everybody. We'll, hopefully we'll my love. goddaughter's still doing all right. She's all right. She would like to meet you. Technically, you are my daughter's godfather. Not Stop happening. calling me your daughter. Uh, <laughs> we will be right back. Artie Lang, everybody. Crash and burn. Listen to him uh, every night. You can hear his show uh, right here on SiriusXM. Follow him on Twitter at Artie Quitter. Right? Direct TV, one inch network. Channel right. 239. Uh, and you can see him uh, opening at the uh, mall. Oh wait, no, that was my <laughs> gig. Uh, that was my. Uh, that's my talking about my career projecting. Thanks, Pete. Stand up with Pete Dominic. For more stand up with Pete Dominic, go to SiriusXM.com/slash/indie.